0: Welcome Highfalutin Ski-Bone Podcast, episode number 210. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what is
1: up? Doing good. I had a good conversation with some people today, which you'll learn about on the podcast. And, uh, you know, still still working the uh, work-from-home coronavirus deal right now. Yeah, we're still in kind of a weird, crazy
0: place. And last week, we just couldn't get around to getting a podcast out, unfortunately. So had a little bit of a delay. We got this episode coming out now. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. Hopefully it's worth the wait. We think it is. We like Mario said before we had a great conversation with some very interesting folks and you'll hear more about that during the main topic segment. But thank you so much for listening. Check us out at skibumpodcast.com. We have a groovy shop with some fun merch there. Ski podcast.com slash shop. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Ski bump Podcast. Been a crazy week. Lots of stuff going on in the world. We haven't been posting too much. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, uh, yeah, it's a little inappropriate to post things. So we kind of been dialing it back. But, you know, we're trying to find some positive things in the world and focus on
1: those. So I got to say, I have, um, I had a 13-year-old that saw the post from one of our fans that bought a shirt, bought the skier shirt. Yeah. He posted that on uh, Instagram. So I showed a 13-year-old and he said, that's a really cool shirt. I was like, get the fuck out of here.
0: Look at that. He he doesn't think
1: anything I have is cool. And he's like, that's really cool. Even 13-year-olds know how dope our stuff is. I may have to get him a, a skier shirt. So yeah, so check us out on all your
0: favorite podcasting apps as well. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, we're
1: all there. We're iHeartRadio. We're Spotify's the big one.
0: Spotify's the big one. You know, Joe Joe Rogan's
1: going there, so are we. Joe Rogan got his payday, and
0: maybe we will be too. So that's right. Might be only hella skiing from now on. Not quite sure. Oh, we actually another teaser, another teaser. (laughs) Teasing that the shit out of it already. Tease upon tease. Brian's on fire today. That's right. So thank you again for checking this out. And if you want to hit us up, ski bump podcast at gmail.com. If you need stickers, hit us up. DM us on Instagram or send us an email. We're happy to get them out to you. Just got to reload or reorder in. So we're hooked up and ready to spread the love. So thank you again. And with that, Mario, let's kick it off
1: the way we always do.
2: It's time for pray Today.
1: So if you're watching this on... YouTube, you can actually see the very pretty reitz glass that I have here. This is the Neptune God guy. Uh, It's one of my favorites. I like the colors, the blues and the purples. Blue, purple, yellow. Good color combination.
0: Blue, purple, Um, yellow. Yes.
1: And then I got, it actually matches the can for the Victory Sour Monkey that I'm drinking. I'm just hoping I don't drop it and spill it all over my computer. (laughs) <laughs> that, would that would end the podcast pretty quickly huh oh uh, at least on my end you'd be able to talk to brian for a while <laughs> i'd be very upset though damn you sour this, monkey you know this damn you dirty old, ape you you goddamn dirty ape <laughs> um but yeah i already had one of these so this is a ah i have a fresh one now Oh, this is good. So, this is a sour triple, 9.5% from Victory Brewing Company in uh, Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm partial to Victory because my my little bike gang, my bike group uh rides with the Spandex and the and the bad biker jerseys. Uh, We ride with the Victory one uh, often, so it's a nice, very nice logo. Um, But yeah, the beer's pretty damn good. I got to say, it doesn't drink heavy. Uh, It drinks light, so you got to watch out with that because you could definitely pound down like three of these not knowing, and then it'll hit you all at once. Um, But a little sour taste, uh, not too overpowering, not too, you know, pretty light, and uh, I could see drinking this in the sun and passing out, so that's my recommendation there you go how about you brian what do you got going
0: i'm going to the one i called my beer of the year back in january and you know because of our our great conversation we had during the main topic today beer of the year i broke this up. yeah this is my my favorite beer of the year that i had and i had one more left and i said god damn it life's the world is not such a crazy place right now. There's yeah. really no sense in saving it any longer. just might as well just drink it. So I have a Burlington Beer Company Beekeeper nice. which is a honey double IPA. Brian, that sounds that absolutely like crazy. Yeah, this, this can is really cool. Pretty can. They make the Burlington Beer Company like all their IPAs are just so fantastic and this one it's just got a little bit of honey flavor to it. It's like a smooth sweetness that really mellows out. An already mellow IPA. If you're someone who's like, "Ew, it's probably too sweet, it's gross." I'm not going to convince you. I can't do that. I don't have that power. But if you're someone who's a little bit open-minded, a little like, "You know what? I like a hint of sweetness in my beer." This beer is just delicious and smooth and tasty and I really can't say enough about it. I love this beer and I can't wait to go up to Vermont and get more of these because that's just how good they are. But again, I don't, but the world being in the crazy place that it is, I do not know when that's going to happen. And that's a nice hazy one, right? Oh, it's super hazy. It looks like freaking freshly squeezed orange juice when you pour it out.
1: Nice. It's like unfiltered honey when uh, it's, the uns-
0: it's just delicious. Right? Yeah. I love this beer and I love this brewery. So, Great job. Burlington beer company. Whatever we gotta do to keep you in business during this nonsense quarantine and distancing and lockdown and riots and whatever the fuck's going on next, like we will do it because we love your beers.
1: Awesome. All right, moving right into some uh other stories we have while we're in the outbreak. One quick comment though.
0: Yes. The bottom of it, the last sip you get, Ooh. goddamn horrible. Does it slap you in the
1: face. That's the
3: killer bees. It's just
0: so much sediment, like and that's the all the killer just, bees in
1: there. Oh,
0: you know, like that's the one thing is when you get these double IPAs and they are fresh oh, yeah. and they're not like overly pasteurized or whatever the hell they do to them. We get oh, a lot of sediment in the bottom. Terrible. It's like the most painful taste.
1: <laughs> but you drink it and you shut the hell up, and then you get a new one, and that next one probably feels nice and fresh. Like right? a
0: goddamn man. I don't have any more. They're all they're all still in Vermont, so I have to go to something else i'm actually going to a you know what fuck it let's let's talk about it going to a throwback the vermont double ipa from long trail nice you double ipa
1: you double you double double double. it's a a double double. operate what was double opera?
0: i honestly don't know how long it's it's been my this has been in my fridge but it has been a long time and you know what we're clearing out the inventory folks
1: You got to So I, I read that book that our buddy John recommended about minimalist and minimalizing your life and getting rid of cleaning out clutter and shit. And I believe that the same thing should happen with food. You got to clear out the fridge.
0: It's weird. The things you hang on to in your fridge sometimes like, oh, well, I don't want it now, but I'm going to want it eventually. It's like, then it gets moldy and it's, you gotta throw it out anyway. So just goddamn eat it. Now
1: I know for a fact that you have a four local in that fridge. Waiting. what are you waiting for? I I think at this point though, you gotta save it because we gotta I don't know, if we ever have like a a meeting with some people that we know, we gotta like break that out. Like, oh, everybody bring a beer or or a drink, uh, a a beverage that you, you haven't you know, a special beverage. Some people might bring Pepsi Van Winkle. Some people bring like a special <laughs> beer that's been aged, like Pepsi Van Four Loco. You can bring a can of Four loco, but like that's right, like a boss walking. Dude, in I there you guys still have a can of uh, Red Bull Cola too. Oh,
0: back in the day.
1: that's probably alcoholic by now. It's got to be
0: right. <laughs> Speaking of delicious things, are starting to get a little, a little more back to normal. Vermont brew pubs have now welcomed back outside service. Mm, This was announced last week uh, that like many restaurants, many Vermont breweries are now celebrating the start of outdoor seated service across the state. Before last Saturday, customers were drinking their favorite craft beers at home. But as Vermont relaxes the rules, customers are now drinking it on site. So this is big because the you know most breweries have remained busy with deliveries and curbside, but this is kind of at least a, a closer return back to normalcy. They're leaving distancing between tables, but it is nice again getting that little bit of
1: familiarity back into life. So what I like about, hopefully we'll see more of this. What I like about how they're opening things up is. The outside is where it's preferred. Like you're better off be outside. Like there there are lighter restrictions outside. And you know, everybody likes being out in nature. So especially hitting springtime, hitting summertime, it's going to be nice. Yeah. They're opening bars in Florida on Monday. Look at that. Everything's going to be open. And the rule they have is 50% indoor, 100% outdoor you can have filled. Wow. So, oh yeah, this is big. Because uh, bars have been closed, uh, restaurants are open, and they're at like fifty percent. But it, it's funny you find there's a few restaurants slash bars that they're just like, ah, just sit at the bar. We don't care.
3: Let's get into the gondola.
0: We're finally going back. We've we've we're no longer in quarantine in the gondola. It's been cleared out. It's been fourteen days, and now we're going back in.
1: Hitting the gondola. So, all right, so first up we have, Leafly is reporting, years after legalizing marijuana, voters see it as a huge success. So, um, residents of of nine of the 11 states that have legalized the adult use of cannabis have no regrets about ending prohibition. In fact, according to a survey that they just did, the majority of people now deem the move a whooping success, so I think when they when everybody started putting this in, a lot of states were going bankrupt, they were having problems balancing their budget um, so they surveyed more than thirty two thousand Americans in legal states and they were asked if they considered recreational marijuana legislation to be more of a success or failure um and they and they were let's see seventy one percent in colorado said they considered a success washington state said sixty five percent oregon sixty nine percent massachusetts sixty seven nevada sixty four california fifty nine illinois fifty nine michigan fifty six maine forty seven so everybody that they surveyed like there was a lot of uh you know nine out of the eleven states said yeah it was it was good to do it so
0: what the hell, Maine? Only 46%? It's a grumpy old Mainers.
1: Is that, is it really a state? Like, if we go back, like, is it really, is Maine really a state? Maine's pretty dope. It's just, uh, I know. There are a lot dope. of grumpy old people there. You know, people too. are going to write to us. I'm going to get more hate mail. I, I like getting hate mail, though. You stir things up, you know? That's it. You're challenging the Mainers. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that has,
0: the people who said it's not a success. What is your criteria for saying it's not a success? Do you see people like whacked down the side of the road, like, "Hey man, I just I just smoked a bunch of weed. Now I'm I crashed my car, man." There's no way that happened. Did it benefit you personally? Perhaps not. Perhaps you're not into
1: cannabis. That's not but something I want to you want. Forty-seven percent that said that they said forty-seven percent said it, it. It was okay. Only forty percent. The ones that said no. Do they realize how much money was generated by marijuana sales for taxes that offset the cost of your That's what I'm saying? Like what what made them say it's not a success? Exactly. Because they would have had a, a freaking tax hike. Their property mm-hmm. tax would have gone through the roof, probably, if you take that out of the budget. Mm-hmm. Is Maine almost Canada? Can we consider Maine? It's like, very close. Man, can we call it Man Mainita? We sure we sure starting now we could. Why not? If if, if Canada annexes Maine, I think we got a problem.
0: There's not much we can
1: do. do be like, if they annex Vermont right now, I think we we are we we have a tough time. We would fight, but Maine would be like, eh, eh, yeah. eh. What are you gonna do? Yes. Yeah, so, California voters may be less than ecstatic about legislation because large sections of the state still function as legal cannabis deserts. Hmm. I guess that's like clustered. So it's interesting to see, but whatever the case. It's not coronavirus. Let's put it that way.
0: Now, speaking of Massachusetts and their 67% approval or saying that it, 67% said that legislation was more of a success than a failure, just this past week, Governor of Massachusetts, Charlie Baker, said, let my people go buy weed.
1: Uh, probably I probably know how many people way. in Massachusetts said... Not just that it was a success, but it was a wicked success. Wicked success, dude. Be like 40% said wicked success. At least.
0: So they finally reopened recreational marijuana to purchase in Massachusetts last week. And that's such a funny nice. thing because they were, you know, when they're they're choosing what's essential and what's not essential, they chose alcohol to be essential. Yeah, cool. is weird, right? Okay, I get it. Crazy enough, AA meetings, yep. not deemed essential.
1: But there's AA down here. There's more, there's a, a facility near That's here. AARP. That's different. No, no, there's an AA place, like not... I walk by it, and I tell you what, during this whole corona thing, packed. That place was packed. And you know, good. i, I'm I know sure. people need People help. need
0: it bad right now.
1: Yeah, but, you know, it's just interesting, so... They deemed it necessary, and I think that it should be because, you know, it's one of those things. Like it's a, it's an issue. It's like mental health. It's health in general. Like, yeah, the thing that got them there, is is essential too, which is weird too, right? While I drink my beer,
0: while we drink our beers, I'm yeah. Sure. But I heard, it, I heard a lot of places that they said that a was not essential.
1: That's that's really, I'm surprised by that. Listen to yeah. Listening to a I mean, podcast like earlier today. Therapy is not essential, right, dude? I
0: I've I've gone. I've talked about it before. You know, I've gone full freaking anarcho-capitalist. <laughs> and I was reading a book this week called "The Anatomy of the State" by Murray Rothbard. All right, it's on uh, the Mises Institute, m i s e s dot org. I'm gonna and write it down. Wait, you can download it for free. The state Anatomy of the State. It's only but like is six. A book or book on tape. It's a book. It's Fuck. only sixty it's only sixty five pages. It's a short book. Sixty five pages are the pictures. <laughs> there are some pictures, don't worry. Damn, sixty five pages, that's nothing. That's a but pamphlet. I was, I was uh reading it as a PDF on my phone and I will tell you, I've spoken to a bunch of people who who are kind of Austrian economic fans, who are into the Bitcoin crypto space and are they one the of Bilderbergs? the Bilderbergs? No. But that's one of the books they get into it and yes. you start reading it and all this whole, you know, there, there's a lot of misinformation and fake information that we're getting these days. And I'm
1: just going to read that's you one of quote.
0: But <laughs> Seriously. Right. It really
1: is a lot of misinformation on And here's one of the things
0: that I found really, this book was written, I think back in the sixties or perhaps the seventies and it t- talks about the state you know all about government their purpose why they exist perhaps why they shouldn't exist and one part they talked about was it said another tried and true method for bending subjects to the state's will is inducing guilt any increase in private well-being can be attacked as unconsciousable greed materialism, materialism or excessive affluence profit making can be attacked as exploitation and Usury, mutually beneficial exchanges denounced as selfishness and somehow with the conclusion always being drawn that more resources should be siphoned from the private to the public sector. The induced guilt makes the public more ready to do just that. For while individual persons tend to indulge in selfish greed. The failure of the state's rulers to engage in exchanges is supposed to signify their devotion to higher and nobler causes. Parasitic predation being apparently morally and aesthetically lofty as compared to peaceful and productive work. Wow. You start reading this, you can look at everything going on in the world today and being like, All of these fucking politicians are all just leeches. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely gross. And it's been going on forever. And there's always a there's always a boogeyman. There's always a ploy. There's always a reason why. Well, we're going to need to increase spending for the police and we're going to need to increase spending for this. Why? Why? You look at all people having being told they have to furlough, who are losing their jobs. Not a single goddamn politician, congressman, senator, anybody has taken a pay cut, has been furloughed, has lost their job. they keep getting paid. It's for what
1: for doing yep. what? It's like the healthcare, right? Healthcare, it's good for you, but it's not good for us. Like, we have a different healthcare. You guys, like, we're we're setting the law for you. Healthcare is, this This healthcare is good for you, but we're not going to take that. We have separate healthcare.
0: Again, I don't want to go on these tangents. That's where I'm coming from. I want people to do what they want to do. I want people to have legalized weed. I'm gay people to be able to get married. I don't want racism. I want people to do what they want to do and not hurt other people.
1: That's That's not asking too much, is it? That's kind of... Probably most of us want most of us who so, aren't dickheads. So I had this conversation. You talk about like, and I know racism is is a big thing right now, and you know I was having this conversation today, and I I, was, I it, it came to me today. I was like, you know, so you have racism, and you try to combat racism, right? Now racism is one of those things that's probably learned. Like you don't you're not born racist. Like you learn it either through stuff you see, people around you, whatever, right? So. To get that out of people, you you can get racism out of people, right? But then it becomes, it's, I equate it to Dr. Seuss and the Starbelly Sneetches. Remember that? Like Dr. Seuss one? <laughs> Vaguely, it's yes. The has and have nots. I have this, you don't have that. Uh, so if, if it goes beyond race, then you're going to fight about something, right? So I think just as humans, we're going to fight about something eventually. So... You have race, then you have, you know, you live in this city versus that city. My city's better than yours. Um, you have. This book actually talks about that too, that
0: anatomy oh, of the state, how you got to have to kind of rally people around a location about a, yeah, my state, my college, right. my country, my neighborhood.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. My dad grew up in the Bronx, and I remember him telling me stories. He was in a gang because that's just what you did. You were in a gang, and the gang was all about the neighborhood. And even though back then they had a lot of racial th- racial tension, they were like, we don't care about the racial tension. If they're part of our neighborhood, they're part of our neighborhood. So it superseded the whole race thing. But mm-hmm. if you were from another neighborhood, they would want to beat the shit out of you. And also the race would play into there. It was just like the Warriors. Shit it's just weird shit, but you think about like, so you adopt whatever you want to adopt to be selective about who you hang out with and who you, you know, then it becomes, you know, you don't have nice clothes at school and then you get bullied. And, you know, you say something on social media and you're an asshole and we don't like you now, you know, it's just, people are fickle and it's going to happen. If it's not race, it's going to be something else, you know, but we got to attack the race, uh, the racism, because it's just, I don't know. It's killing us. And people are confused about like, I I think half of the people don't even know what they're racist about. Yeah. They just do what, what they were taught. I don't know.
0: Yeah. We're better than all this. All of us are, we know it. Um, I think, you know, it has to almost get this ridiculous for us to kind of swing back and and bring. But I everything saw the cop
1: together. choking. I saw the cop choking on TV, mm. and my first thing is I was like clueless to the whole race thing. They were painting it as a racial thing. I thought that was just a cop being an asshole. Which a, a lot of cops that I've known in the past are assholes, and I could see that. I didn't see that as race. I was like, I think it could have been anybody under his knee. He would have been choking him out to death because he's an asshole. Yeah.
0: Well, didn't that guy have multiple him write-ups that. or something? Yeah, whatever yes. it was. Mm-hmm.
1: And of course, he's still out there because whatever. He's a union. There's a police union and they probably protected him or whatever. they. Protected well, that's, their that's the scariest thing is the the
0: police union. You start kind of digging down that rabbit hole about how, you know, well, there's...
1: And that's how you could understand a guy that's been written up multiple times for having police brutality. Now he kills a guy and people are like, why is he still out on the street? Well, because... It's not, I don't think it's necessarily race or, or whatever. I think it, the problem is the system is allowing this crim, this criminal person to be out in a situation where he's going to do bad shit. Well, think
0: about it. Think about it. Think about it. You didn't have a union. You didn't have a city run police force and you had a privatized police force. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, it's all set up to be security bad. company. Omega, we're going to call it. This yeah. is our company. This is, this is the company that's policing us. If they have a complaint and their officer was acting out of, out of line, not doing as was expected, had a review, he could fire him. But because it's a public part of the, the government there's, and there's a union involved, they just can't fire them. And there's this whole weird like brotherhood thing where they always cover each other and no one's able to rat anybody out. Otherwise they get screwed over. It's, it's just the same thing as the mafia. It really is.
1: You see a lot of protests now going on where some of the police lay down their, you know, Their weapons, or they join the protesters in protesting, because you know what? They're tired of the system too. They're people that are working to put to do a job, and they don't want somebody looking at them as a threat. They're trying to do a good job, and these people that are in their organization, that are policemen, that are abusing it, that are being assholes, that are that should be thrown off the force, or shouldn't have been in like let in in the first place are there and they're standing side by side with this person saying this person doesn't belong there, but nobody's doing anything about it. And I could understand them being frustrated about it too. Yeah. You know, it yeah, you goes see the, both ways. Like people you see are the cops that they're out there, but
0: the cops are frustrated too. Yeah. I mean, the cops are supposed to be part of the community. Yeah. And when you're part of the community, it, there's so much less of an us versus them mentality. We were talking about it before the yeah. podcast started in New Jersey. Camden, which used to be the murder capital of the world, has had peaceful protests happening. Newark, again, pretty much the powder keg for the was it the 60s riots or was the riots in the 50s? I forget. Oh, those are the
1: big race riots. That was, I think, the 60s were really I think it was the in 60s in yeah. Newark. The big race riots that caused everybody bad,
0: to leave. That yeah. was all the Italians, all the, the, uh, the Irish, the Germans. There was communities in Newark back then. They all left and went out to the suburbs.
1: Yeah. But
0: those two cities have had peaceful protests this week, which is so... Positive and encouraging because it means that you know not everybody is is looting and is being violent and is 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 doing the things that you don't want to see. A lot of people are are fed up and upset with the system and they should be because it's screwed a lot of people over. Yeah, and to see people kind of doing something positive to try to make it right is is what you really want to see and what can actually get us to a better place.
1: Well, here's the thing: so we have you know Bodie's 13 years old, turning 14, you know. 13 and a half, whatever. And Molly had a, uh, a conversation with him and I had a conversation with him. Like we, we talked to him about it. Cause we we're like, look, dude, you know what's going on? And he was like, yeah, something bad happened. And now people are protesting. So they're burning down shit. And we're like, yeah, that's not how it works. So we had to explained to him because he doesn't understand, you know, if you want to get angry and you want to hurt somebody else or, or, or destroy stuff. Now you're, you're not protesting. You're going into something else, which is a little darker and a little, you know, that is probably the last option you should have after protesting. Right. So we had to, we had to like have a conversation with him and explain to him the difference between a protest and a riot. Like a riot is when a protest gets out of hand, you know, or people that, go under the disguise of a, of a protest and they just want to loot shit. You know what I mean? So there's looting, there's rioting. like, you know, when people are together and this is, we, we tell him this all the time because when he hangs out with his friend, it's the same thing hanging out with a bunch of people. You get this groupthink mentality and then you do stuff that you wouldn't normally do because, Hey, you know what? Somebody stood up. And they broke something, and and nobody thought it was a problem. Hey, I can do it too. I feel all energized and whatever. And you get caught up in the moment, and people start doing stuff that they really regret afterwards, and they wouldn't normally do. But when they're in a group setting, things get out of hand pretty quick. And you know, good people do bad things, and and you know that happens. But then there's also an element I think right now that we're seeing is of people that we're targeting to. To loot. You know, they're, they're like, yeah. we're going out, we're going to steal some shit today, so we're going to loot. Like, we don't care about the protests, we're going to loot. I mean... I, I don't know. Messed up. It's It's super messed up. That's why you have the... the Who is it? The brother of, of the, the guy that got killed, he's out there saying, well, why are you rioting? Why are you looting? You're looting your local community. Like, so you want to hurt your community to protest police brutality. It's just misguided, just wrong intentions. Like... Like focus on, on getting something done about it. Like that, that's, and I agree with that. You, you And I, I, and we told them, we said, look, you should be able to protest whenever you want. If you want to protest, go ahead and protest, but just be careful that you don't get sucked into something that you don't really want to do.
0: Yeah. could know, ruin your life. Mob mentality happens quick.
1: Yeah. And it could ruin your life or somebody else's that you'll regret for the rest of your life. And it's just not good. Yeah. Whew. All right, so, a, little, a little off topic there, but it's, you know, and that was in the gondola. Into it, god was god damn gondola. we got a little whew, that recreational weed got me going. There you go, damn.
0: Let's go to ski news.
1: in the snow.com, it's not on the snow, in the snow, they're in Europe, they're ah, that's in the snow, in the snow so they, they wrote a piece called how will ski resorts look next winter. They're talking about like, you know, what it's going to look like after Corona, after all the stuff happened, after the the financial shit hits and they're, it's good. Cause like, I think a lot of people in their mind are speculating like, you know, what it's going to be like, like, what's the price is going to be, where, where are we going to be able to go? Um, and they're saying, you know, the start of the of the, the season, you know, the 20, 20, 2021 season is still further away from us than the first coronavirus uh, cases were reported. But everything, as we know, can change quickly in a in a short amount of time. They're saying, assuming things haven't changed for the better, they do have ski areas that have reopened and they can see how they've been operating in the pandemic. So uh, mostly smaller ski areas offering snow sports, but many of the big resorts Um, In the Alps of North America, are reopening for summer tourism, running the lifts and opening their hotels, shops and restaurants. And we can already see that that, you know, what change they've done and how it's working. So I guess it's good. It's almost like a dry run for the for the snow season where they're going to run in the, you know, in the summer season. So they're saying, you know, buying your lift pass, they're saying that may change. Uh, they're saying no limits. The number of people allowed on slope, only mountain, only in mountain restaurants and indoor spaces. So that's the things in those areas. They're, they're thinking there's going to be more restrictions. Uh, taking a lift might change. So instead of packing everybody on a lift, they might like separate some people. So if you have a family, big group, you go on a gondola or a lift and they wait and they hold people up. So there might be bigger lines potentially, unless they're going to, limit number tickets and they're saying PBE personal protection equipment off the slopes as well as on maybe off the slopes in the village, maybe wear gloves, maybe wear a mask. It depends, you know, what's going on, um, as well as on. So if you stop and you're at the local restaurant, you know, maybe you keep gloves on or put a mask on or something. I don't know. Uh, checking your health, uh, that might happen too. Um, on mountain and resort dining, so that's definitely going to change ski school, ski rentals. Um, you know, ski school maybe they limit the number of people. Uh, I would imagine that wouldn't be such a big deal. Uh, ski rentals, they might have to change the logistics of things. And après ski, unfortunately, as much as we love après ski, that might be where we've gone to places where there's a line to get in. There might be a bigger line to get in now because they may allow less people into these, you know, opera ski venues. So yeah,
0: i thought about that. Even the bars are like going to, you know, just think about how jammed up it is sometimes. And what is that going to be like? What kind of, what can they do besides restricting the numbers of people in there? So and it's unfortunate because, you know, these, these places, they're not making tons and tons and tons of money where, you know, everyone's, getting rich, everyone's driving Lamborghinis around. Yeah. How are they going to, because they want to get by. They want to be successful. They want to make money too. And to be just handcuffed this way.
1: Yeah. So there's going to have to be corrections. There's going to have to be corrections in how much, uh, landlords charge restaurants and bars to be there. Uh, but there's also going to be changes logistically. Like, so if you can only allow, you know, And I I guess at some point, if you have a facility, you have a restaurant, a bar, they have fire code, right? So you can't have more than fire code. Well, now fire code may be merged with Corona code or social distancing code, right? So now Mm -hmm. instead of saying you could have 250 people in a place, they might say by fire code, 250, but by health code now, you can only have 150, right? So now that limits you to having 150 people in your place when you used to have 250, Right. Well, what that's going to do is if you're in a resort town, and I I do this because I'm in a resort town now, what it's going to do is I would imagine prices are going to go up. So instead of getting a $6 beer, you're going to get an $8 beer. And that's fine because as a consumer, okay, so maybe I have one beer instead of two or two beers instead of three, whatever the case might be. But what you might also have is now because the area can't support as many people that might go there. Now you have the opportunity for other places to open up, right? So the place that was less traveled, that was there in town, that was maybe not struggling, but just maybe off the beaten trail, maybe they get crowded now. So I don't know. I think it might be a good opportunity for like the re- the entire, you know, area of Apreski to to get a little active. You
0: know, yeah, yeah. We'll right. have to see how this goes, and it goes into our next topic, too. Our next story: How will COVID nineteen change the future of backcountry skiing? And this is an article from Powder Magazine, and they talk about how you know the pandemic, after it happened, there was a huge influx of backcountry traffic, causing a lot of crowdedness on the trails, triggering more avalanches. Uh, And also Mm. talking about the shops who were selling the gear locally, how this one shop, Bentgate Mountaineering in Golden, Colorado, said they sold out of their entire skin inventory within the first two weeks of the quarantine. Wow. The big rush initially when the resorts were closing and people who had never considered backcountry skiing now thought of it as an option. So you just wonder if they do shut stuff down, if they do limit the number of tickets being sold, like a basin right now is limiting the tickets they're selling. Cause they're only going to be open for a few more days. Yeah. But uh, what's, uh, what are we going to do? Like people who don't can't ski the way they usually would, they're going to find ways to do it. And it's gonna.
1: Well, so, and this is what I'm talking about. So if you, right. So you, if you push, if you push people off the mountain because you don't have capacity, right? But you have capacity for people to do backcountry, now people're going to maximize the amount of backcountry that you can do because you know what? Why try to fight like it's not it, it's more of a viable option to look at it because if you're going to level the playing field of like ease of ease of getting there, I don't know, maybe more people do backcountry, right? So it, it kind of goes with the whole uh, climbing Mount Everest thing. Remember last year there was this whole, and this is before coronavirus. Remember, there's just a lot of people that wanted to climb Everest. Oh yeah, it was traffic jams there last year. Traffic jams. What what are you going to do there? Like, so they were like, Nepal was afraid to like limit the number of tickets that, that, you know, people buy, like, I guess they buy a um, a permit to go climb there. I mean, maybe they look at that as, Hey, we have to start limiting the number of people up there too. Right. So yeah. it kind of gets everywhere, like it goes into everything.
0: Yeah. And also too, the article talks about how they're going to some of the, the places that had online courses or in-person courses are now going to move to online courses, mm. which, which yeah,
1: everyone's pivoting and adjusting. Dude. So we can get, What that means for me and you, we can get Avalanche certified online. I think that's going to happen then. So the pain in the dick for getting Avalanche certified is you have to go to a class, which is great, but I don't have the time off of work to go spend vacation time to go spend a week to take an Avalanche class, right? Now we can. No excuses. I could take one. Well, but now you're saying I could take one online. Well, that is probably more feasible to do. Well, virtual I, avalanche. Virtual avalanche. So I like it. I mean, hey, you just dig in a hole. That's what you're doing. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. Next up we have the Ligety Wine break Day Camp is still going on in Mount Hood. So session one, if you want to go out there in the next 10 days, uh June 16th through 20th, session two, June 23th. Second through twenty sixth, through twenty, then then they have the third, they have the fourth. So the subsequent weeks, they're saying uh, all the sessions are on snow dates that include lift pass, coaching, and video analysis. Cost is a one thousand one hundred forty nine dollars. I don't think it includes travel there. It includes lodging, I think. But you could sign up. We have the link in the show notes. It looks pretty cool. They say they're saying the ninth annual ADL. Mare Corona camp at Mount Hood, Oregon. Yeah, that's super cool. We're going to have to get out there one of these years and do that. They're actually saying it'll be 100% refundable if they cannot run the camp due to further COVID-19 restrictions.
0: Look at that.
1: So. That's the way you do it. But this looks pretty cool. Like, if you look at the itinerary, so they're saying you do, like, so lodging, so you got to get your lodging on your own. That 11... $1,200 1200 dollars just for the camp um, and they're saying Olympic, cl- Olympic class instruction from the Greats of the sport Phil and Steve Murray along with guests uh, Mark Barant and American downhill legend AJ Kitt, famous Palmer Glacier of Mount Hood. so you're racing down that. Then they have they do like a bumps thing where they do wine bread and so it's just kind of cool like there's a lot of stuff going on.
0: You'll definitely come out of there a better skier. I
1: want to go so to camp. So that's the Mara camp, the camp schedule.
0: I never yeah. got to go to camp as a kid. I want to go. Neither did I. Tried right, broke-ass bitches that we were.
1: I know. You know what I did for camp? Fucking worked. It was like labor, slave labor, child slave labor camp.
0: There you go. Build, build character, though, right? Now it's our turn to go to camp. Now, one other dope thing that came out this week... If You don't want to go to ski camp? How about you just go, uh, go in a helicopter whenever you want to? Heli, H E L I, released their first of its kind global heli skiing season pass.
1: I wonder if your health insurance would cover it because it's avoiding corona, COVID 19. Seriously, right? right? Like, uh, heli ski accessible now.
0: Holders will be able to heli ski and ride unlimited days for an entire year anywhere in the world. Pass will allow guests to reserve trips and heli-ski operators anywhere in the world through our network of partners. Heli is in a unique position to offer this kind of product. The season pass will work for adventures that are listed on the Heli Marketplace and reservations made while using the pass will be subject to availability. Formal terms, conditions, restrictions, and pricing will be announced later this summer. So if basically you're sick of lift lines and just don't want to bother with it, you just get this heli pass, you're heli skiing, you're good to go. Nice.
1: I want to know, what do you think is going to be the cost of this bad boy? I'm thinking it's going to come in at five grand. That's kind of what I was thinking too. I think it's going to be more than that. but It's I was got just to saying. be super
0: expensive. Yeah.
1: I'm hoping five grand, you know, that may be attainable, but... yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm very curious to see how they're going to price this thing. It, I mean, Let's put it this way: I put down money for an engagement ring that could have been my fucking heli scan. God damn! That's fucking my heli pass. I'm just saying. Yep. I'm just fucking saying. God damn! Yeah, we're more to come on this, but
0: I'm very curious to see how much this is going to go for.
1: Yeah, that's. that will be cool to see.
0: Well, you know what? If you don't want to uh, pay for a helipass and you just want to get a nice little private
1: personal ski resort. Boom. This is set up. I think they put these numbers out because they know you might've hit the lottery this week. Hey, did you think about this thing? So for sale, $36 million ranch in Colorado on 6,300 acres with private ski slopes Elk Island Ranch is located in the heart of Colorado ski country, approximately 55 miles to each of five major ski resorts, Steamboat, Winter Park, Breckenridge, Keystone, and Copper Mountain. So if you don't want to commute to the mountain with your private butler, I'm sure, um, you actually have your own private ski slopes on 6,300 acres of land um, that's pretty awesome. It's super awesome. And they show these, man. So you're you're 55 minutes from real ski resorts. You have your own little private thing that you can do. And you're less than 10 minutes from a real downtown and a jet strip, which makes that ranch easy to access and enjoy. So this is a steal.
0: You're losing money, not dropping 36 million to buy this place.
1: That looks pretty dope. You know, the games room looks like I could hang out there. Uh, the private slopes, there's a lot of slopes too. I mean, that could be kind of fun in the in the summer too. You ATV there. You could bike. Probably do some hunting.
0: Yeah. We're thinking about picking it up. We're trying to talk to our finance people.
1: We'll see if we can make that happen. Kremlin, Colorado. So, I don't know what the... Mega millions at it was like at 330 million or something like that. I think somebody hit it. That's some big bucks right there. Damn, I that would be chump change if you hit that much. Buku bucks. How much are you coming away with? So mega yeah. millions at 378 million. They have it, right? Because you get the cash option. It's 10%. So cut, cut that in half. And then you get probably like 60% of that. That would
0: not be a bad way to invest your money. If you do win and you want us to podcast live from there, hit us up, skeebonepodcasts at gmail.com. We're happy to do so. You want us to move in and be buddies
1: with you? Uh, Do that too. Personal podcast services. We can provide those. That's true. You could be our special guest. Hey, if you have a party or a special event and you want to hire us, you fly us out, you pay for a lot of shit, we can come out there. We're there for you. That would work. We're there for you. That's. I think that's our, our slogan. We're there for you. I think so. And speaking of special guests, we're going to roll into
0: the main topic. So we reached out to, uh, if you haven't heard of it before, the app Untapped. It is a, a really cool social network around drinking beer. So we ended up talking with Two of the two of the gentlemen from Untapped, John and Harrison, they do a podcast biweekly called Drink Socially for Untapped, and we had a wonderful conversation about drinking beer, what they do, the reach they have, what's been affected with the whole coronavirus lockdown, and uh, just more fun social ways to keep keep social to keep connecting to people even though this crazy lockdown is happening so we hope you enjoy the interview john and harrison from untapped okay we have another very special interview this week we have two special guests if you have a cell phone and you like beer you probably have this app on your phone and if not shame on you uh It is Untapped, and we have two gentlemen from Untapped. We have John and Harrison. So, thank you both of you for joining us today. We really appreciate it.
3: Glad to be here. Thanks for having
2: us. Ooh, yes, uh, the, crowd the, crowd, the crowd came out. The That's warmest right. reception. <laughs> that <we've never> got. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah.
0: So, for anybody who isn't familiar with Untapped, could you guys give us a a little little description?
3: Yeah, if um, uh, I've done it plenty of times before and I, I practice it on my mother all the time <laughs> um, <laughs> because working for a beer app is hard to explain to her. But it's I look at untapped. Yeah. It's it's like, it's how do you best. get
1: the beer through the app?
3: <laughs> you drink through your phone? Right. <laughs> you, you've listened it's to crazy our conversations conversation. <laughs> um, if I had, if I had to explain Untapped to you, Harrison will probably do it better than me. But the way I, it's, it's Wikipedia. It's every beer you've seen, heard of. You're not sure, so you order an IPA. Untapped. I like to think of it as providing a good resource to kind of learn what you're drinking and hopefully learn to drink more things that you like.
2: Yeah. Very yeah, it's cool. kind of like the yeah, kind of like a Facebook for beer fans. Is what we pretty much tell everyone. We're talking to them on the phone. It's easy to find where your friends are, what they're drinking, but also now really easy to find kind of where that cool new IPA is, or where that barrel aged stout's going to be released this weekend, or who has live music at a brewery. So, kind of yeah, just a nice direct link into that beer community you're you're living in. You can kind of find where to go and how to support the breweries you like and and keep tabs on what they're doing. So it's a Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun to. I always tell people, you know, we work at it all day, and at the end of the day, we go and we all use it. Everybody at on tap. We all see each other checking in at nights. There must be something about it that like he kind of keeps us coming back. It's it's fun enough where it's really it's hard to get bored of.
1: Careful if you take like a sick day and you start checking (laughs) in like.
2: Oh yes, right, exactly. Has anyone been
1: fired for being like, dude.
2: He's checked into like 15
1: (laughs) places. He had at least 26
0: beers. He's day drinking. He got. He's not sick
2: exactly yeah i think always
3: always be grinding right right. right. yeah
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's i think in our industry or this worked on tap you may be able to say that was all research that was a i'm working i'm working on a different this is a bit of a conference it's a brewery tour that's Uh, here's my
0: expense report (laughs)
1: i'm expensing
3: all this by the way Uh,
1: (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. So, awesome. so what do you guys do at untapped?
3: Uh, hopefully you, 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 you met us because we host a podcast for untapped, but like all podcasts, all good podcasts, that's a hobby more than anything. Uh, my full-time job at untapped until recently was working with beer festivals and helping them promote that on untapped list the beer that was going to be available, show people how to get tickets, um, and try and work with untapped to market, uh, your upcoming beer events. Right now, I'm not sure, but <laughs> but but I find I yeah. find myself keeping busy with a lot of other projects, like research. Yeah, exactly. Sick days, drinking orange juice beers for the health <laughs> benefits and all sorts of most scientific research. Yeah, that's right. That's,
2: that's right. right. All those. The yeast keeps the the B12 complex. That's good for you. And all that yeast. Um, for me, I, John and I have very similar jobs. He works with festivals. I work with uh, kind of any really business under the sun that um, serves beer. So if you're trying to get the word out to you know, untapped users about what you have and how they can come and uh. Have some awesome beer from you. You'll probably be talking to me about how to make that happen um, on the, the business side of things, which is a lot of fun. I to talk to people all over the world. I kind of start my day in Europe and end it in New Zealand and talk to the states in between that. And it's all about beer, which is really wow. cool.
0: That's, That's pretty sweet. So, how has this whole insane lockdown coronavirus thing like changed your guys'
3: roles and, and changed how people are using Untapped? I mean, I think um, without being a scientist in actuality, but looking (laughs) at some of the data that we see, like coronavirus has definitely led. uh, There's we don't there's not as many. You didn't get as many Guinness check ins for St. Patrick's Day. You don't get that like big uptick when there's a sporting event and stuff. So I think it's well, people aren't going out and drinking. Um, Remarkably, though, there's still a lot of people checking in. Uh, I think spinning up, we launched the, uh, the venue where you can kind of tag and say where you're drinking your beers, which most often in the past would be a bar, or a beer festival. Uh, now you can, from anywhere in the world, you can check in and say that you're drinking this beer, like it untapped at home. Um, kind of like promoting drink socially, but do it safely. And that, Location uh, in two months had over 10 million beers logged there. So we're still drinking. Um, We're just just doing it from home and hopefully finding cool ways to get it delivered uh, to your house. And I think a lot of uh, on our end was just all right, Untap's been around for 10 years. It's a software app tech company. The whole world changes. How do we, you know, how can we still help people? So one of the first things was just, Creating what at the time we called the Greg's List. And then I think due to some regulation, we had to change it to Greg Avola's List, <laughs> uh, the founder of Untapped. But the goal in that was just letting a ways for businesses to let people know you're open, you'll fill a growler for them, you'll deliver uh, beer and, and ways to kind of just get the information out.
2: Yeah, cool. and yeah, exactly. And John and I, aside for, or in addition to that, so John and I obviously did with the podcast for a while, and so in tandem or kind of around the same time, Untapped at Home launched. We also launched Untapped TV. So, and under the same kind of thought process of, all right, people are not going out now, but let's find a way to co- talk with our users in our community and. Give them something you know to gather around, um, and so we launched uh, ha- uh, virtual happy hours every Thursday, and then a, a, with a, a industry guests. We've had really cool brewers on, and beer writers, and and uh, beer label artists. And then on Saturdays, um, doing a sessionable Saturday, uh, very similar, just more industry people on, giving you something to watch on Facebook or uh, you know on your phone where you can't go out, but you can um, get some cool content that. Uh, that, you know, up until then, you know, we, we hadn't really done something like that. And that was really cool. So John and I got pulled into that to kind of help find guests. And, you know, we were getting the first guests of the first happy hour ourselves, kind of launched it with Greg, uh, who yeah, John said is the founder. So that's been a lot of fun, kind of. And from that, I think we kind of dipped our toe in that world. And we're like, oh, we could probably do a, some kind of something more with this, maybe a festival. And that's kind of where John and I are running around, uh, like you know, a bunch of.
3: <laughs> it's where crazy I learned the phrase: right "You've got a face for radio." <laughs> <laughs> you know, kid, you got a
1: face for radio. You yeah. <laughs> Thank. No
3: way. No way. <laughs> is that
0: a
1: compliment? I don't really know.
0: So that's all kind of stemmed now, right? Because of this kind of shelter-in-place coronavirus quarantine, right? Like this was something you guys was something you were thinking about before that, or is it all just?
2: yeah we had we were actually out filming uh, like yes this was there was a push kind of earlier in the year to just d- do more with untapped I mean Greg wanted to take some time to 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 do a lot of the fun stuff that a, a lot of apps do whether it's creating we can do really kind of more stuff on social media to see going to cool places I mean we're untapped let's go to breweries let's go show people behind the scenes and, and get into rooms and have conversations no one else can have because cause we're untapped and we've been able to build these awesome relationships with breweries for for a really long time and so we started kind of filming some a lot of on location stuff and then that like really right before it happened it all disappeared and we were all we had to stop doing it so we were like okay how can we pivot this we kind of got the ball rolling i don't want to lose momentum and and that yeah came to fruition in the untapped tv um segments that we're we're doing now and and constantly kind of building more of them um, to, yeah, just as we kind of discover what we can do online and get creative with it, which has been, it's been great, but yeah, it was, it was even before this kind of a plan to to for John and I do even more than the podcast and for Untap to do even more in terms of going out into the world and, and connecting with people all around beer and what on, how on Tap can help you find it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I think with Corona, I mean, if anything good has come out of it, I think people, and there's there's, people are more embracing of the online stuff. And there's been more creative creativity in bringing stuff to people without having to leave their house. And, you know, people gotten more into the apps and being social through the apps. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing that we had the technology at the time that we needed it the most, you know,
3: that's, I think that's beautifully said. Um, well, you. You, you used to get yelled at for being on your phone all the time. Now it is your job. It's your office. Yeah. Right
1: it's your entertainment. It's your way to, you know, have that touch point with your family. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot more meaningful now and you can get a lot better experience. I mean, the technology is amazing. You know, if you had this back in the sixties, somebody thought, would think you were a witch, you know?
2: Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man. If only. If, found, um, if only. <laughs> Right, exactly. I
0: actually saw a fantastic meme this week. It was showing, uh, Marty and doc from back to the future. And it's oh. doc going, Marty, whatever you do, don't go to 2020.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, absolutely. Right.
0: But one thing that, you know, we were talking about it beforehand, cause John, I guess you were, you were saying that you were an instructor, a snowboard instructor at a peak and peak, right? Up in, uh, upstate New York.
3: Yeah, I was so amazed that you've actually been there. Uh, I felt like there was maybe ten people per year, (laughs) and and it's funny because like when all brothers now,
0: yeah, right. (laughs) When all of this went down, like the this whole like sheltering, and you saw these articles coming out of uh, you know small businesses going down, and like the first thing I thought about was all the people I met on that trip up there because we went to so many uh, like smaller. Brewery, smaller vineyards, small restaurants, mom-and-pop places that you tell people put their heart and soul into. And you see these... I thought about those people and like, what is going to happen to them? And you kind of sit here because, you know, that was something I had, we had to, to fly to and, and go to that. It's not like I can just order from them every night and have them, you know, deliver and, and, and support them that way. And, you know, places that depend on tourism. And I'm sure a lot of breweries, you know, we, we ski a lot in Vermont. So those places depend on New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, going up there, spending money and, uh, you know, vacationing. Have you guys seen or heard, uh, you know, how how is are those craft breweries doing with all this? You know, I know they're they're getting creative and it's still a little early to tell who's going to survive and who's not. But uh, what have you guys seen so far regarding those smaller craft breweries?
2: You know, I saw a pretty cool something came out. I think it was just like uh, I mean, a couple, maybe not even a week ago where they're the Brewers Association, who is kind of like the. I guess the representative arm of the in all the independent breweries in the states um, was obviously been very involved since this all began uh, with the breweries keeping tabs on what they need and kind of tracking what's going on and how everyone's doing. And it, it was I forget the exact number. I'm trying to pull it up, um, but it was something like. I want to say around 70 plus percent of the craft breweries in the United States were getting were got some of the um, the CARES Act money to them. So a lot of it did oh, wow. go to these smaller yeah. breweries that you know, kind of become the centerpiece of a lot of a lot of towns in America as they were, you know, 100 years ago before Prohibition too. Um, uh, obviously different breweries now. But uh, that kind of idea of it being a, a cornerstone of a town. Um, so, yeah, it seemed like it was that was a really good uh, percentage of them or are, are getting some help so that's uh nationally great um and and ultimately i can speak more to what we're seeing where we're located in wilmington north carolina which is also untap's uh headquarters the, the town we're headquartered in a lot of the breweries here and actually this is national too kind of pivoted they, they can't have a tap room open okay, let's do delivery. Let's do curbside pickup. Let's brew collaboration beers. Let's kind of do things a little bit different, kind of like everyone else has had to. Um, and uh, I've heard a lot of stories from a lot of different ones, but and a lot of them are really positive, just kind of how the communities they're in, they're stocking up. I mean, I think that's kind of almost also something you're seeing nationally, whether it's a brewery or retail stores instead of going in every other day and getting a six pack you go out maybe once every 10 days or you have once every 10 days of delivery of a case or two people are buying kind of in more quantity now which helps the smaller brewery too if you're coming in there and you're getting more at once so, so i don't I wish i had more
1: paper in other words. right
2: exactly <laughs> kind of stuff paper and beer stock up on it get <laughs> no. sent to my house great i mean that's kind of what i do i, I use a, a local bottle shop and they get it dropped off a case like Often, often to my house, and it's amazing. I'm, I'll never, I'll never stop doing it. Um, John may have some more hard numbers or other anecdotes to share, but I've seen and heard a lot of great, just good things from this so far, and that's that's wonderful um, to hear. Because you're right, it's it's that's of course what we thought right away too. Was man, oh man, how are a lot of these places going to make it through this? Depending on how long it goes, and it's really kind of a day by day. But from talking with hundreds of them over the past couple of weeks, it's it's been really inspiring to hear what they're doing and how the community's kind of route around them.
0: We're sacrificing our livers for you guys. We're stepping up our drinking to keep you guys right. in business.
1: I'm right, committed to drinking twice as much for the next two months. Man. Right, Bravo. Right.
3: That is he, being a hero. Right. That's He's my pledge sell. to you,
1: small business.
3: <laughs> I think, I think Harrison kind of nailed it. Uh, there's certainly, I mean, you take a brewery, your business model is, is really, you have a, a margin you have to make. And a lot of the trend, at least in America recently, is you kind of begin at your tap room. And that's where a lot of the, you have to be able to kind of control that local market. It's a lot more difficult to open up a brewery and become, you know, distributed in 10 states. So when you take away that tap room model, it's, no brewery business should have ever had a plan of what do we do if if we have to change everything. And then there's little granular things like all the kegs you sold that weren't able to be sold. How do you get those back and how do you compensate? There's it's, it's maddening to try and think through how all that works. But if there is a positive upside to this, there's been so much creative problem solving, like Harrison said, where you're seeing breweries, doing like there's been people that breweries that have spun up like subscription models where you buy a keg from them and they give you a kegerator and now you just get a keg every month i don't know if that'll be able to continue as things relax but as an aged man bring beer to my house that's
2: amazing i've been that's waiting like for that That should be illegal yeah, all right i know right all right I have could, to buy exactly. a
0: peloton too make sure you <laughs> keep that weight off that's
2: right Damn. that's it's right all, they're all working together
0: yeah Synergy, Synergy.
2: <laughs>
0: but actually, that's great to actually give you a kegerator if you buy a keg from them.
3: Yeah, I would have to assume financially you're renting the kegerator to yeah. be in their subscription club. But I mean, it, it's it, like a
1: water cooler, right? They would rent you the water cooler. That's and it. Get that, the water delivery. That's
3: it.
1: And I have that's water
2: all beer. Right. Oh. I have water all. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
3: you going to well, sign up for the IPA club or the lager club. Awesome. These are, these are, this is the, the country I've been waiting for.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is America. This Locked is what we down. dreamed about as kids.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> but, you know, after, after this, you know, coronavirus ends and we go back to going out, I'm sure some of this is going to exist as, as a way to keep that extra revenue going, you know? So it's kind of nice that that will, that will be there for us cold, hard drinkers, you know? Well,
0: it's yeah, the certainly. American way, right? Like when we get, you know, put in a corner, we have to think our way out of things, you know? And yeah. a lot of times you like to be lazy and sit around and just watch TV. But again, when we're forced into finding a solution, we, we often do. And, sure. you know, and it's unfortunate with, you know, so many places got put into this predicament now, but yeah, yeah seeing like guys mentioned, some of these solutions are coming up with are, are pretty awesome and things that are going to stay around once we get back to quote unquote normalcy,
3: which is going to be uh, nothing, ethnics. Motivates change, like uh like you have no revenue coming in, figure out a new plan. quickest way to get to okay. We'll we'll start a Facebook page now. Yeah,
0: what's yeah. the quote?
1: Necessity is the mother of all invention.
3: Something yeah, like that. Exactly. Close, yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah. Sounds good to I, me.
1: I really believe out of this, there is going to be an app where you can pour your beer right out of it, <laughs> like your mom.
2: <laughs> that guy. The I'm Elon sure my Musk mom, scopes, they would think right. the same thing. Just look at right. that. Right, quantum
3: physics is making things happen every day. It's only <laughs> right. a matter of time. Right,
2: That's right. That'd be fun to beta test that. <laughs>
3: yeah, right. Maybe. You're sitting there drinking from your phone. Like, what are right. you doing? Did, did I have the psychotropic button on? Never the- mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my phone's been hacked. That's the wrong app. <laughs> I didn't want this. Oh no. Now you guys were mentioning. Um, well, we were talking about it before we we started the actual podcast. So you guys. In supporting of local beer uh, breweries and restaurants, you guys are having a festival coming up soon, right? Yes, yeah. (laughs) We're going to have a actual in person festival. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But lo and behold,
2: coronavirus.
3: Those of you at home, or even you, Brian and Mario, if you follow Untapped, you'd know that uh, a, a big Untapped festival is still something we're hoping to make happen. Uh, we kind of, we learned a lot last year and then this year we didn't get an opportunity to learn a lot. So the, I think the pivot was just natural to, again, just like we we're kind of crediting make your change. Um, that was, that was a thought process between Harrison, myself and, and a whole, the whole team at untapped. Um, and effectively it just kind of worked where we knew if we were going to do it right, we all had to be drinking the same beer. So that was one of the big logistical hard points was how do we do a virtual festival and make sure that we're all drinking the same beer together at the same time. And it turns out that's almost impossible in the U S because of shipping laws. So we tried to get the best we could, and it it turned out partnering with halftime was able to ship to almost half of the States. We were able to kind of market that and get Uh, A a selection of all the same beers into a lot of people's hands and then the festival part of it um, even though it's virtual it's still going to have you know Harrison's going to be showing off a pretzel necklace and one thing that I think (laughs) will be really nice about it is while you drink these beers with us the person who made the beer, the person who designed the label, who started the brewery, they're going to be there to kind of talk about it as well. So I'm really hopeful it'll kind of open up some, some educational experience and make it a little bit more fun than just drinking as much as you can with your friends until you find an Uber.
1: <laughs> you know, that, that's true too. Like doing it at home, I think you, you may get a bigger pop on that educational part, you know, cause people have more attention. I mean, when I'm out in public and I'm out at a big event, I have like ADD,
3: I'm just all over the place. Right. You know, at least I can focus a little at home. So much um, anytime I'm out in public, I feel like uh, like a mouse when the lights come on or something. It's a miracle I ever come home with any groceries at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I, I have to make a list. Otherwise, I do the list through Alexa. Right. Otherwise, I come back with all this crap. I'm like, oh, I forgot what I went went for, you know. Right. Well, I was saying to Mary, I was at
0: Costco last week and, you know, the whole you got to wear the masks and all this craziness. And and I remember I was uh, I was handing I was going with my cart back to the cart return. And the guy's like, oh, man, I'll take that for you. And I'm like, thank you. And I'm smiling and I'm looking at the guy and I'm like, does he know that I'm smiling? I'm like, is he (laughs) smiling under there? And I was like, I miss smiles because you don't see them anymore except for like the, the people that live in your house with you. You're not allowed to like see smiles anymore. And you it's all affecting us mentally.
2: Right. You, you got to give the,
0: people the kind
1: yep. eyes when you,
2: you know, I do a lot of the double thumbs up. That's my go-to. <laughs> I try to do a lot of finger yeah. guns. like, a thank finger you, guns. I think you're
1: bring the, Bringing the finger
2: guns back. Finally. A lot of, I like a lot of bowing, way. a lot of bowing to people. <laughs> yeah. Kind of just like, right. Like, yeah, the right, this this it's very right, very interesting. But I've done that too of kind of staring at people smiling and are they smiling? What's happening? Are we just looking at each other?
1: And like why are you Can staring they hear at me,
2: me? <laughs> right <laughs> exactly <laughs>
1: You got a problem? Uh, you staring at me? Now?
2: Exactly. Nope. When <laughs> oh, do man. I
1: turn away?
3: Right, exactly holy cow yeah what? A, uh, it's, I guess we're not out at bars trying to trying to pick up a date but as you guys were talking <laughs> yeah. about that oh, I just so uh, you're gonna
1: get
0: called I like was never good at it, without a
3: mask but right.
0: <laughs> the mask could <laughs> have, have been your thing and you had no yeah. idea <laughs> staring
3: at me
2: <laughs> nightmare
0: stupid virus it happened 15 years ago
2: a <laughs> yeah, very fan of the opera although that I, did that work out oh. well for him <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think he died at the end of that song yeah. like Bane. That. It's, a, it's, a,
2: it's a drama he kind of uh, did get
1: the girl but then he died so I don't right. know I mean Bane <laughs> it didn't work out great yeah. for him either
2: right exactly
1: yeah
0: masks don't really work that well for anybody
2: jim carrey i guess that's the outlier his mask and the mask that worked (laughs) out great but that's a very high level mask this is not we wouldn't be that lucky
0: young cameron diaz yeah that was uh that was very impressive with that mask (laughs) (laughs) so you said you guys are partnering with halftime for this festival right so how does it work so and unfortunately it is sold out right
3: it, it, is, it, I mean, if I can be selfish, I, I'm not going to say unfortunately, but, uh, but, but if you're listening, then yes, it's unfortunately the beers for this event are sold out. There is still the, it, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, do one again for sure. So we'll just consider this like a really, really advanced notice. We don't even know when the next one's happening yet. Um, but there is a package uh, where you where you can the the preface of the event is to help fund the Restaurant Strong Foundation. Um, so if you want to just watch and drink your own beers at home, you can still purchase that package and and watch the live stream and watch and interact with the brewers and uh, kind of play along for Saturday and Sunday as well. But uh, just like your favorite bottle shop, the beers are all sold out. Mm. <laughs> wow.
0: So if, if you were smart enough to buy this ahead of time and get the the package, how does it work? So is there a, a collection of beers that everyone's going to be sent who purchased tickets?
2: Correct. Yeah. It's going to all come from halftime and there's some pretty impressive nice. beers. I mean, it's stuff, a lot of it's from new England. So things like, you know, from fiddlehead and single cut okay. New York and, um, really uh i don't know no, what's the uh, Oxbow, uh no treehouse that'd be cool <laughs> um allagash has put their curios in there so there's a lot of but yeah it's the same beers uh it's two days so it's the 13th and 14th of june saturday and sunday two sessions so we're not drinking 11 beers at once we're splitting it up <laughs> uh but yeah Aww. most of them i know right so that was the challenge we yeah we were not didn't want to put everybody through um but uh but yeah and they're all i think they're all either or,
1: every five minutes right
2: <laughs> exactly yeah, right it'd be that would be yeah by hour two i think everyone would just be kind of asleep like the on their phone. phone right That's exactly weird. if someone fell asleep on the space bar of the chat no one else can respond because <laughs> it's just there's 90 pages of space um so uh yeah so wanted to avoid all those those things um so it's two different days two different days and as John said, yeah, we're going to – so the beers are shipped or shipping now. So a lot of people already have them. Um, and, uh, yeah, i going to talk with the people who made them um, and people that are at, work at those breweries, which will be very unique. I mean, that's kind of the conversation John and I have was it's really almost like a huge bottle share. But instead of it like, you know, you and your friends kind of pretending what you know a lot about the beer drinking, it's the <laughs> actual person – Who's like, who is like, I made this and this and this, <laughs> right? This is why this, <laughs> this is, is in complex. here. This is why, yeah, right. This is why you taste the thing <laughs> you're tasting right now, which is on this scale. It's, I mean, that's never happened before. So that's really I'm excited for that. It's just someone who loves beer and, and used to make it for a living to kind of pick some of these brewers brains who make some pretty iconic in this day and age craft beers. Uh, drink them and, and find out more about them.
1: That's very
0: cool. Could you actually see this becoming like almost like a monthly thing then? If it's this successful, and I mean, this sounds like so much fun. It seems like something that you could almost do as like a a
1: monthly, weekly... Or thing. A session of classes to get right. some yeah. kind of certification or you get you right, you right, can right, earn right, yourself
0: right. a mug if you come every month or something or you know like an MBA yeah. program like one of those like express right. MBAs <laughs> <laughs> express
3: MBA yeah it, you have to pay extra if you want the certificate of completion but yeah, uh, there you go <laughs> right um, there's a test
1: there's a test at the end
3: yeah. got <laughs> to have some kind of exam beer? yeah um, and why that's the that's the kicker uh, yeah. the why because it was good. Um, the, I, I think the dream would be to make it more of a recurring thing, uh, whether we did it quarterly or monthly or for special events, uh, the dream is to all drink together in real life again, at some point, but in, in the absence of that, or even just like we are tonight, like we're in Wilmington talking to you guys, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast together without some technology. And if we can bring more people together and drink together more often, I don't see anything wrong with that.
1: Well, even when you go back to doing the live one, it would be nice to have, like, if you can't get there and you want to do it remote, that would be kind of cool to do the same kind of thing while you're having the the event live, so...
2: Yeah, some kind of companion package right like 10 of the brewers that are gonna be at this festival we can put their stuff in a box and if you can't make it to whatever city that'd be yeah i mean yeah all this stuff yeah all this stuff's kind of ideas like that are what a lot of our meetings are like it's kind of just like what can we do what should we do write it out write a list workshop this you take this idea you take this idea see what's possible legally like there's lots of more so now probably than ever conversations like that where as the world kind of changes every day, it's like, yeah, what can we legally do? Where can we get this? What kind I of think, work would be involved in doing it? What's the timeline? We
1: got to do one at Oktoberfest live. I would at love that. And then stream it out.
2: Yeah, You heard now it here, folks. Talking. Yeah, wow. right. That's that's sold. Yeah, I would love that's one of our John. and I've talked about that many times in the podcast. So that being kind of like probably the top of our bucket list to go for drinking socially, the, Untap podcast, go there and do like a live Oktoberfest. I don't know how much talking we do. It might be better to just kind of do <laughs> start a with a talking. Lot
1: right yeah, it's, a,
0: it's a long have day a film
2: crew
3: following you yeah i
2: you know? think that's it and they get 30 <laughs> seconds of material they can actually share and that's fine that's <laughs> worth the yeah. trip he says three
3: hours in the hangover Ten, and it wasn't even yet <laughs> the <legal laughs> <it> wasn't
2: very <laughs> there's no
3: talking it's just right. shots of you guys drinking right, right. <laughs> just
2: <it's laughs> us eating some schnitzel and that's it that's all they could share
1: so mario exactly. you were there last year now you you were there for yeah. less than 24 hours right we flew in so my fiance we're we'll getting married in a few months um she used to work for an airline and we still get benefits. So we flew in, stayed there for, I think it was 22 hours and then flew out. So <laughs> wow. We the, wow, the trip was 20. Yeah. We were there for 22 hours. Yeah. So flew in.
2: In and out. That's in and the out.
3: Move. In Did you sleep there or was it just land, go, and then sleep on the flight home? We got
1: a hotel, we slept overnight, and then we got up in the morning and then got on the plane
3: but it was good. I
1: mean, she had her Durindale. I had my my trucked. Went right out. It was official. Went to the big uh, Pollander tent. Yeah, so it was uh, it was good.
0: Well, it was your Uh, second time there. So you kind of, you kind of knew how you could do it in 22 hours. It wasn't like you wanted to check everything out and take it all in that
1: time. So the first time I went, our buddy John was there and I, we did three days. We did two days, hit Oktoberfest. And then one day we did a Bayern Munich game, which was kind of cool. Nice. Um, And then flew back. So that was three days, like no sleep, just up drinking and walking around everywhere. It's, It's beautiful. You know, it's beautiful weather and stuff. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. So I kind of knew the layout and what to do. So that helps if you know somebody and how to get into the tent. Cause we did it last minute. I, I, we threw that trip together and like two weeks before we're like, yeah, let's go. So,
3: wow.
2: That's yeah. impressive.
3: That's amazing. <laughs> um, and congrats on the engagement. <laughs> thanks.
1: Thanks. And she, she drank, I think it was about three liters of beer and she's, oof, She's a lot she's tiny, Brian <laughs> I'm like, How did she drink that much beer? I'm like, wow. Live she drank about two tale. and a half. I drank the three liters. And that had to kind of carry her home, but right.
2: You know that's sounds that like how, perfect. That's that's part of the course. Everybody, everybody
1: wins. That's how I always right. got most of my dates. so <laughs> That's when she said yes.
2: Right. <laughs> hey,
1: while I'm holding you up,
2: right? Yeah. While you're nodding, I, a, <laughs> nodding to sleep, I got to pre-pass
1: me? out yes, so I'm good. <laughs>
2: Perfect. <laughs> official, it's legal, legally it's binding, official. international yeah. law.
1: <laughs> yada yada yada. I had to get married. So. <laughs> so one thing you guys
0: mentioned in this, the whole thing with your, um, with the halftime. Festival you guys are doing, is that there are certain states that the laws are a little funkier. Are there any areas that are just like just brutal to do business with, like state-wise?
3: <sighs> uh, mm. Harry would probably know more than me, but the the first thing I learned about weird laws, well, Pennsylvania's relaxed theirs recently. Uh, the first time I was trying to beer buy beer in Pennsylvania. And I, I was like, no, we'll go to the grocery store. Uh, and my friend was like, no, 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 I'll show you how it's done. Um, yeah. That was an experience. But Norway, the first time uh, I was calling the country of Norway to show them how to do marketing on Untapped, and they said, no, 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 we, we're not allowed to say anything on social media. like. Really? you will get in serious trouble. I'm not a legal advisor, but as it was explained to me, if you're a bar in Norway, bravo, but if you put a picture of a drink on your Facebook page, that's the equivalent of serving an underage. It was, it, it's, wow. Oh. It's remarkable uh, what the bars go through there. And here where I grew up, there's people like throwing uh happy hour flyers at you and pouring free beer before they check your ID. It was a totally different experience. Wow. <laughs> I was yeah. in
0: Norway last my my father-in-law lives in uh, uh south of Oslo. So we were there last summer. He actually lives by the Borg Brewery, which is like oh, this yeah. massive massive Borg, yeah. a couple hundred year old brewery there.
1: Resistance and, um, is futile. Futile, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: right. <laughs> But one thing he said is, he's like, because, you know, again, you you think of this like social democracy, this everything is great and clean and happy. One thing they have there is crazy surveillance. Like he's like, you cannot. And now he was when he was here in the States, he was a speeder. he would be driving 90, (laughs) at least on the highways (laughs) there. Didn't go above the speed limit because they will pull you over. They will give you a ticket Um, and drinking. He's like, you cannot have a single drink. And drive when you're in Norway. That's how strict they are regarding alcohol consumption. So wow. yeah, they have they have very kind of funky laws there, but everyone there is an alcoholic, which
1: is crazy. <laughs> it's like this weird kind of <laughs> like nobody drives. The roads are free that's the and thing. clear. See? they
0: all buy their drinks, a lot of vodka, a lot of hard liquor, they go home and they just get hammered and pass out.
2: But interesting.
0: Yes, it's all a right. very interesting Hopefully not place.
1: outside in the winter.
2: Right, that would be last time to go to sleep. Well, win-
0: well, winter because they never get the full sunlight because of how far north they are. Yeah. It's it's uh, you know uh, twelve o'clock noon would be like four o'clock in the afternoon it's because again,
1: EDM it's- disco time. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, day. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's- it's like
0: weeks. That's- but they have they have some crazy and that's kind of what I wanted to ask you because I know there's there's certain places and you know you always think of like the South, you think of like Oklahoma, like they're probably have weird laws, but then some of those places are like, no, do whatever you want. Like we don't really care. So right. I just
2: wonder yeah, if there it's, was- it's interesting. A lot of them, John kind of alluded to it with Pennsylvania, but Pennsylvania is not alone. A lot of states five, 10 years ago that had restrictive laws or just a lot of it is just old laws. No one t- took the time to change or realize they were on the books or uh, understood how it was affecting businesses. Pennsylvania, pretty great example, um that were kind of just got taken off the books north carolina has some some weird ones texas has some very interesting ones where you can like get a frozen daiquiri in your car through a drive through but you like <laughs> as a brewery can't sell your own beer without going through a distributor first you have to like buy your own beer back wow. and so there's like right so it's, it's not, it doesn't follow any two lines of logic um but a lot of it again there is changing brewers association does have like a, a lobbying arm that goes to federal and local governments to be like hey what are you doing like as an independent brewery that's why you want to be a member of the brewery associations because they can be a big voice for you and they've been really effective over the past half decade of i've called places two three years ago they were like we can't do anything and call them now they're like oh yeah we can finally sell growlers out of our brewery because we couldn't do that before and now we can so that's wow. great wow. to to see really kind of right. It's not talked about a lot, but that's the effect of how much craft beer has grown is, uh, the kind of the laws are changing around it to allow it to continue to grow, uh, even more, which is for the most part, there are still some places that it just weird laws where you, you can't really make heads or tails of why it exists. But, um, I would say overall, the trend is it's easier to get beer, uh, than ever before.
0: Yeah. So, and are, are, there any, any places that you guys are seeing? Well, again, coronavirus aside are there any areas right. where you guys were seeing any uh, like like real hotbeds like new markets that were you know fun interesting craft beer scenes
3: um easily for me i think uh working at untapped was kind of a, an international eye opening experience in beer you know i'll make an untapped friend in the UK and and then another untapped friend in Berlin and we see what each other's drinking. And I realized the whole world isn't drinking double dry hop new England right now, <laughs> <laughs> but sure nice. enough you, can, Almost. you can, if you look hard, you'll find them in, in Ho Chi Minh city in Vietnam. And Sweden is a Mecca of craft beer right now. But wow. the one that surprised me most is uh, split in Croatia, which I probably won't pronounce with the right accent, but, uh Croatian beer scene uh incredible growth there uh Slovenia and the one that I, I Estonia uh particularly in Tallinn the whole country just it, it reads to me like an apple store they're so technologically advanced um wow. but also so much thought into the beer production and I think sometimes what helps is some countries have that tradition that they feel bound to and some of them don't. Um, so you see a country like Estonia, uh, and uh, there's a brewery there Pualis that just makes these amazing beers, stouts, particularly with ingredients, like they were plucked from a French pastry cafe. Wow. And I think anytime you see you, you, you know, you can homebrew and you can experiment with stuff like that. But when you turn it into a business, and it's well-received. That's like a marker for me to say like, this area of the world appreciates the experience of good or exciting beer. Hmm. I, was at, um,
1: I was at a brewery this weekend, uh, cause they just started opening everything down here in Florida again, Tampa Brewing Company. And uh, the, I was talking to uh, one of the guys that works there. He said they had a festival last year. And one of the good things of it is they had all brewers there you know, I I guess they could register and then show up and, you know, have their beer and display. it. And for some reason they had a big contingent come from, I think he said it was Sweden. And they came and they brought all these beers in. And he said, the interesting thing of it is because the brewers started talking to each other and trying each other's beers. They started brewing uh, this this beer um, with all these ingredients that they got, you know, the, the idea from, from this festival, and it's actually helped them with, with some of their beers. They're they're brewing all these pie beers for some reason, like apple pie, blueberry pie, and they taste just like pie. They're like really pretty incredible, but they're like, we would have never done this on our own. Somebody did it. And we were like, oh, it doesn't taste like crap. Let's try it. You know? (laughs) So they had the, you know, it gave them the, the courage to try it and, and actually had something to model it against. Like, wow, this actually does work. So it's interesting, you know? Yeah, but yeah, people do some funky stuff,
3: especially Absolutely. if friends do it first. There's right. no, there's yeah. no greater like permission slip than like, oh Harrison threw apple pie in his beer. I'm gonna do it with pumpkin pie. <laughs> that's <Right>. it.
2: <laughs> we are. That's that's true. Yeah, a lot of collaborations and a lot of right, a lot of a lot of trends you see in uh, like the Kvek yeast, for, which was a big thing this year that came from. Oh boy. Was that norway john or was it
3: i'm 100 percent certain it's norway
2: okay great um anyway it's a kind of yeast that you can like brew um uh, you can ferment real in really high temperatures like 90 degrees and usually a beer is fermented around like 60 degrees but breweries kind of found out about it in the states from people talking about it online and reading about it uh, in in europe and other places and now there's tons of ipas that are being made with this unique kind of yeast it like ferments really quickly so it's like a a brewer logistically it's amazing when you can have like an ipa that looks great and tastes great and takes half the time to make you just have way more space in your cellar to make more beer and that was like a hot that was a hot thing like recently the past six or eight months a lot of breweries are making a lot of beer with it but i would i would say that wouldn't have happened and it's never happened before and it wouldn't have happened 10 years ago before technology and kind of the how small the beer world has become thanks to technology and how people can talk with each other. Um, that was a big driver in that for sure. Just how easy it was to be like, Oh, this is kind of interesting. We can get some of the seats. Let's do it. And then a hundred breweries do that in like the span of a month. And it's, it's a thing. And that's just wow. one recent example, but that happens a lot now. And it's like you said, kind of see someone do something and you're like, well, we can do that. They did that. We can do that. Let's do it. And that kind of competitive brotherhood that's definitely exists all throughout this industry is the, co- the kind of friendly competition
0: yeah. you said that was kvec east
2: yeah mm-hmm. how do you spell that <laughs> or
3: E I or i e i'm not yeah. it's nordic so they might not i before e it's those
0: weird letters like like a, like a circle on top of the o have <laughs> yeah, an umlau and a circumflex like like yeah, right. yeah.
2: The rhombus in there yeah it's uh <laughs> exactly right yeah K-Vac it's yeah, there's yeah, the Nordic. Yep. It's yeah, there's an article from more beer from February talking about it. the hottest strain of beer yeast is this thing and hottest being a pun there because I said it you can cook that thing hot and it'll it'll make beer quickly, which is which is wild.
1: That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's funny. You talk about trends. And I remember when IPAs got big, I was like, maybe this will be a trend. And then I really, you know, I think Brian and I both really like IPAs. And I'm like, it hasn't stopped. It's been going for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and even you go out of countries and they're like, have you had yeah. IPAs? Like in Europe, like when I was in Germany, they're like, they, they usually, they don't have it. So they're like, what does it taste like? I'm like, it's a lot stronger than this stuff you're drinking. Right. It's well,
0: You think about like back in the day, like way back in the day, before you know, when I was a kid, and you'd you'd hear these beer commercials because they always had commercials on during you know kids shows back then yes. because yeah. no one really cared back then. <laughs> right. Right. So Smoke,
1: smoking commercials and beer commercials, yeah. But yeah, they but it
0: but they'll always be like, oh, I drink imported beers. It's like, ooh, you fancy, mm-hmm. you drink imported right. beers. Right. Now it's like, you almost. Why would you bother? You know, why would you get a Heineken when you can get some local? Beer from a place made five miles down the road that's making this incredible small batch that was fresh today.
3: Yep. So true. And uh, that, in my eyes, there's a million great things about craft beer. But one of my favorites is I, like I grew up in buffalo drinking jenny light was the only real beer i knew or whatever yeah. like warm stuff i could grab from my grandpa's <laughs> fridge Zumbling with, with milwaukee, milwaukee in the name right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> these will do put them in the backpack let's hide in the woods so no one can see us <laughs> drinking this right and and that was like that was the only beer i couldn't imagine growing up as a kid now where beers are like baseball oh cards They're so spoiled and <laughs> right collectibles and right. but like There's like Harrison said earlier when we were talking, probably off camera. There's so many breweries in the small town I live in now. I know the names of the people that make them, and that makes beer so much more personal.
0: It's nice. Oh yeah, yeah. You're supporting your community. You're you're supporting the people that you know, which is which is. awesome. It's a community. And you know, it's online, things can be cold, but when online brings you into the, brings you to the people around you, you're like, Oh, you live right here. I didn't realize you were, you were making this beer. So you it's kind of the technology is making reality more communal.
2: Sure. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: The place oh, yeah. I moved down in Florida here, like, so I live off of a, a bike trail. So the big thing here is you get on your bike, you just ride up the trail, Mile, there's a brewery. Two miles is a brewery. Three miles is about five breweries. You keep going up. So, depending on how long of a ride <laughs> and how hammered you want to get, right. you go and you try these great beers, but you're stopping in. And it's very social and people have their dogs out and they're just walking around. So, that's kind of, you know, it's nice walking in the little town. You could walk, you know, within a, a one mile radius, there's all these little breweries. So, it's kind of cool. Uh,
2: you
1: know, fun that's stuff.
2: A- Yep. That's the dream. And we're starting to live it. it's very, it's very exciting. I'm, I'm right there with you. That sounds awesome, though. Just that, that, uh, yeah, knowing how nice Ford is all the time. You also have, right. Too. Right. Yeah. I was gonna say, that's great.
0: Now, how many times have you called an Uber and asked if you can take your bike with you?
1: Actually, I did it one time. I was at the beach because <laughs> the storm <laughs> came in and I was like, "There's <laughs> no way. Actually, that was the day somebody got hit by lightning on the beach.
0: Oh, all right, when they say Tampa there.
1: is like the lightning capital, there's no freaking joke. People get yeah. hit all the time. It's yeah. Scary.
3: Ugh.
1: Yeah, playing but, golf. Uh, I've never, I've never had to call an Uber biking and drinking. That's good. Yeah, I, don't I don't almost take that. But as a I've channel. gone out in an Uber yeah. just to go walking and drinking. So that
0: could be the untapped challenge.
1: <laughs> the untapped. The untapped check The tour to untapped. How about tour that? To untapped tour. untapped. 15 Uh, breweries, 15 miles.
3: That's right. I mean, think of all the extra breweries you would get to visit if you didn't have to pedal back home. Exactly. Seriously.
1: Right. Well, they have this, uh, they call it the Tampa Bay ale trail book. And what they do is it's, it's a good thing where they get the, all the breweries in the area and they put them into like this book and you go there and you get it stamped And if you get like, you know, your second stamp, you get like a twofer and you get enough things, you get like a free shirt. And so it's kind of cool. And uh, you run into people all the time that are doing the the book and then you start talking to them about, oh, did you go to that one? Oh, that one's pretty cool. So it's a nice way to like personally connect with people and collaborate on like, hey, you got to try this, you know, this, this stout they have at this other brewery, like, you know, and they give you like little tips and stuff. So it's kind of neat.
0: I think a lot of like states are doing that too now. I know Vermont has that Connecticut has that. I think Jersey might even have that at this point. It yeah. seems to be uh again, another communal societal trend that's happening.
2: Yep. Yeah. Oh, another yeah. way to that's get
1: social, right?
2: Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's great. There's plenty in outside in Philly, they have the, the buses. You just get on a bus in center city and they take you to like 20 breweries in a day and you just nice. get on off the bus and you keep doing that. It was uh that was kind of, that was a way to do it or biking around to it. Yeah. It's a, uh, you're right exactly right it's it's it kind of as i was saying before there's everyone has their own brewery great but everyone kind of supports each other in those communities and it's kind of rising tide lifts all boats uh we have a good one in town here the, uh, the port city beer bus i believe is what it's called um that uh same deal you jump on it in a parking lot and go to a bunch of breweries and nice. don't have to worry about right ubering or leaving your bike somewhere or whatever you just kind of mm-hmm get on the bus get off the bus and that's you don't need to really turn your brain on you kind of just relax and just enjoy hanging out right so
1: when is the untapped bus going to going to start <sighs>
2: Yeah, it'd be a big bus, right. it'd be a long. It'd be a untapped cruise ship or something. A train. I don't know how oh, we would. Yeah, a right. A train. Summer
1: vacation, train. cross country.
2: A <laughs> right, train. That's right. <laughs> Sleeper cars. That'd be a party and a half. That'd be dangerous. It would happen once and then never again. But that There's one so time. Many time years the years turning. Right. The Woodstock train. with Amtrak
1: in a drop of a hat. Be, They're hurting
2: right. for business. But the
0: Netflix documentary about it.
2: You know, <laughs> exactly. That's right. it be
0: amazing. Can
2: every, right. Band in every country. Like what was very, that one?
0: The music festival? The Firefly
2: Festival or whatever? Fire, Firefest, yeah. Firefest, whatever. It could be like that. Blaze of uh, Glory.
1: Remember uh. that movie The Big Big Bus? It was like this super giant bus and it Is was like that like, like a Soul Plane? Part, exactly <laughs> like Soul Plane, but in a bus <laughs> and a lot earlier. You do one of those and you just drive cross country like a, a twin or triple tandem bus. Yeah,
2: the, we've heard go ahead john oh you so I was ju- it,
3: it's it's nowhere near one big bus but for the last two years um we'll do the untapped seven cities tour and effectively what happens is like greg the the founder will track like what cities get the most check-ins your local restaurant your local pub your backyard as long as you're using untapped and checking in the seven cities that have the most and Greg kind of plots out this map where he flies from one to the next, and there he's at a brewery, and you can go there and check in and meet him and stuff. And the God bless him, he, the first year he did it, it was back to back to back, like seven one days. missed flight, and the whole oh, thing is Wow. The next year he gave himself a slight buffer. Um, I'm really excited to see what he does for it this year if he if he decides to stretch out or give himself a little break in between. But but that's really cool. Like just a way to say thanks for using the app as much as you do to certain cities. Um, That'd be
1: cool to do it with Opry Ski. Do ski areas where they have the most check ins at Opry Ski?
2: There you go. Uh, that's that not, could that's be a, a really blast. good
1: idea. I think yes. we could try to visit those. Synergy.
3: <laughs> that's it. <Yes. laughs> it's all happening
2: <laughs> again. Someone
3: needs a bus, though. Someone Right. <laughs> well, there, there should be some I bus. We sleep no in cat. the
2: bus. Or you gotta you get, there there you go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no you got to hit all the spring skiing, the uh, you know, the the pond skimming. Hit all those right. events.
2: Right, right, right. Oh, right. How many check nice.
1: can you get at those? Those are pretty fun events.
3: There's one up at Killington that we go to. The Mobile Challenge is always fun. Yeah, it's always a blast. And somehow in ski areas, uh, Vermont, uh, Utah, maybe because of legal reasons, they're not quite a beer mecca yet. But you can always like on Untapped, it always surprises me. I use the bowling alley analogy. When I grew up, a bowling alley was a smoke filled Bud Light Haven. Yeah. You go to a bowling alley now, uh, a, a ski resort or even just a ski hill in a small town. Uh, A Triple A ball game. It always amazes me. and makes me so happy when I see they have stuff from a local brewery from the same town, and you can you can drink some air quote good beer while you're there.
1: Well, that's like Killington. We noticed they all suddenly carry sip of sunshine and heady topper now. It's like
3: (laughs) that's a dream list. Yes, right, exactly. We had we had
1: a
0: journey. We had to find out you know delivery dates and plan it all around that. Now it's just a matter of walking up and buying it. It's so (laughs) simple.
1: I know it, it was actually a lot of fun when we stocked the delivery of what was Hetty Topper. We, we were focusing on Hetty Topper, picking up a sip of sunshine and we were like, it was crap skiing and we just got in the car. Let's go ride around. Just picked up a bunch of stuff, get
0: beers. We had about five or six cases between the two of us. Yep. And then we went to Hill Farmstead
1: and got our growlers and, then we, found, and, and we found Hill Farmstead and I was like, <laughs> I'm going to drive two hours and then two hours back. Cause I got nothing else to do up here. So,
3: right. I mean, you're so close, right? You might right. as well. Yeah. As well, right. we up there. Exactly. While you're up there. So um,
0: any other trends you guys are seeing in the, uh, the beer world right now that you want to
3: share with us? If I I can see Harrison's face, I can see that he's thinking the, uh, if I can be honest, every brewer maybe not every, but most of them want to know what the next trend is. And it's, I mean, right? <laughs> do you make the next trend yeah. and people embrace it? Or do yeah. people not know they want it and you get lucky and you make a fruited Berliner, but at least very recently, and I won't say this is probably a trend that becomes canonized in the next five years, but we saw other half out of New York city launch their altogether beer. And I almost think this idea from my ignorant eyes began a couple years before when Sierra Nevada did it with resilience, but you kind of, as a brewery, you make a beer recipe and you open it up so that any other brewery can replicate it, make it at their own tap room. And there's usually a charitable charitable goal behind it. When other half did it, there was over 500 breweries that made this all together beer. Every brewer was putting their own spin on it. But the goal was that, all the proceeds go to benefit um, a charity, a restaurant charity. So that's something I I think I, I hope we see more of where brewers are able to kind of unite behind something they want to make a difference in. Uh, and from the consumer side, I win. I get to drink a beer and support something I'm passionate about. So that's a trend I, I think I hope we see more of.
2: Yeah, open open source recipes. That's That would be really exciting. And one people aren't really talking about yet. But I think John's absolutely right. Even if, yeah, That's going to be something we'll see a lot more of in the near future. What brewers have said forever that they want, I feel like every year, you know, pick your big beer magazine or website they do some kind of list of we talked to 10 brewers and here's what's coming next for craft beer and for the past five plus years or whatever it's always been like pilsners and lagers brewery wants that to be like the thing that everybody else starts getting excited about and i think we may finally be there i mean i definitely Uh, John and I are going to cover this in an episode of Drinking Socially soon, um, because we try to play this game of like, what is going to be that next thing? Let's drink a bunch of it and then see what happens. And uh, check-in-wise, it's going to be kind of like craft breweries versions of lighter lagers. I mean, that's definitely something we did one for like... um, calorie i guess conscious ipas not too long ago a lot of breweries put out like four percent kind of hazy ipas now um and then i think it's going to be lagers next certainly as it gets warmer out which it, it is finally um and just a lot of big breweries from you know new belgium to um to oh boy uh, firestone walker to also smaller ones have a like core lager now that is kind of marketed either marketed or not marketed but kind of marketed as like a lower calorie tasty option lawnmower beer everyday beer that kind of thing and i think there is a demand for it certainly the breweries do and they've been talking about it long enough but so we're gonna investigate a little bit more but i think that is going to be something that has some legs and it, it it may be we may see the next version the next generation's jenny light get created i don't know what that looks like yet but kind of <laughs> as we said you're you're kind of uh, next mick ultra right right what does that right what does that look like in a world where craft beer is 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 kind of uh dominant as it is i don't know but it may already exist and we just haven't had it yet and that'd be something to yet. see right well, right how sure. do you
1: guys feel about brewers and i've seen craft brewers brewing the seltzer like product that's a good like my, that was my Huge. final question like seltzer because <laughs> i know that's your jam <laughs> Melanie drinks them all day. She's on the White Claw, and I've actually tried them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I actually tried the natural You're light your period. Ones. It tastes <laughs> delicious. <laughs> <laughs> the natural light ones are actually pretty cool. The uh, Aloha Beaches, like, I love the names. Right, and then right. I try them, I'm like, hey, this isn't bad, you know, for, especially, you know, it's hot as balls at the beach. I'm like, hey, this is like water. It's the other water, you know? Not the so.
0: place for a triple IPA when it's 95 yeah, exactly. degrees and you're sweating. Right? Sure. I'm
1: drinking a syrupy triple IPA right now. I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, but yeah, what do you guys feel about that? Because I, I see a lot of craft local brewers, like, at least trying that. And then there's that that really kind of dangerous one, the... uh was the still water the uh there's no bubbles it just tastes like water like flavored water and well, it's, it's like grain like alcohol percent. right
2: that oh, is dangerous God. yeah that's it is.
1: I think they call it the hard water and it's just like
2: okay yes yeah. i know what you're saying yeah yeah yeah
3: yeah so what do you guys think of those and the fan that we're in i so i i have uh i don't want to say this with a poor connotation but um, here <laughs> but we i go. will my uh, <laughs> so, friends Uh, I at one point was engaged uh, to a girl that drank IPAs with me all night long. We'd be cracking open 12% stouts and then age happened. So uh, (laughs) it's really hot here in the summertime. And it was, I think it was last summer specifically, I learned to fall in love with LaCroix as a way to kind of like drink something like a beer during the day. Um, And then my wife pivoted that into the claws and the truly's and the hundred other in, in there's no denying that the demand was there. White claw was outselling bud light in some areas of the country last year. So yeah. people enjoy it as a business. You'd be silly to turn your nose to that. For me, I much rather go the route of give me a 4% beer, something that I, that I can tell that I'm drinking. But anytime I go to the beach and my wife's like, Well, you, you wanna pick up a twelve pack and I look at it, you know, a six pack of beer and a six pack of the of the seltzer. It doesn't take much to just say, let's get a twelve pack of the seltzer and and it's it, it almost feels healthier for me when I'm drinking it as yeah. I'm sweating. It's clear, so. it's healthy, right? Hydrating. Somewhere right. in there there's health, it's um mental sure. health. I least. could drink this at the gym. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole new business model that i already love right. well, hey, oh, well, man. we
0: actually we said story last week didn't we talk about on the podcast mario there was a uh, one of those uh spiked seltzers is gonna have like vitamin c in it or something yes yeah.
2: i saw this yeah. i saw this as well or right something like yeah, ours it has it, i think their whole thing was like ours has antioxidants or something <laughs> yeah. they're trying to be like it's got oh, i didn't know i was us. expecting that for my alcoholic beverage to have it also have some kind of You know, actual benefit. Um, When Pepsi added
1: vitamins to their soda.
2: Right, right. Ask nobody. uh,
1: Sprite did it, right? Or 7-Up did the, uh, they did the vitamins at one time.
2: Someone sure can, yeah. <laughs> could drink more of it. With the right, right marketing. Right. Um, you know, Everything's a vitamin with the right marketing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to drink that
1: that that for breakfast, but it has vitamins
2: and
0: I'm a right. little deficient. Yeah. yeah right. It's called Vizzy by Molson Coors.
2: Okay. There you go. Vizzy. That's the one. It's yeah. got
0: antioxidant vitamin C in it.
1: I tell you what, I was in... Uh, I was up in Canada last year. Cause that's where my future wife is, is from. And we were doing a tasting, a beer tasting at some little, little brewery. And they had a beer that was like 2% alcohol and it was a lager. And I tried it. I tell you what, it was delicious. And I was like, I could drink this all day. Like this is kind of <laughs> literally, I could drink this all day. Like that, yeah. it wasn't a bad concept. I was like, why would they make a 2% beer? And then I thought, I was like, well, it's a real beer. It just doesn't have, it's not going to, you could actually work with power tools and, and, and drink
2: and right, right,
0: right. That's their slogan. That's right. their
2: slogan. Right, it's a DeWalt IPA, exactly.
0: You can drive kids on a school bus. Drive beer. What do you have in your thermos, Jimmy? I got this 2% beer.
2: Uh, just 2%? That's fine. Be like that's Jimmy fine. and drink a 2% beer on the job. There's right, more exactly.
1: booze and kombucha. <laughs>
2: hey,
1: hey, officer. Ah, uh, you again? Go ahead. You want one?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Already got one.
1: Okay. Got some in the car. Thanks. Right.
2: That writes itself. Pretty good. Oh, much. man. Uh, it's that's a good great. commercial. I can in see right. it. I love well, that.
0: We've already hit an hour. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time. I know we started a little bit late. Anything else you want to you want to share or have people check out
3: from John? If you don't already use untapped and you do like beer, shameless plug, download it, (laughs) sign up for a membership. You can follow Brian and Mario when they check into their beers. And if you're feeling up to it, add me and Harrison as well. Now, you've already got four friends and we can all drink together. That's it.
2: Right. Yeah, and, and if you're into podcasts, which clearly you are because you you're listening to this right now, um, and you want to add to your library, John and I release Drinking Socially every other Wednesday. It's on every kind of place you can find podcasts on YouTube as well. So um, if you found yourself laughing and enjoying this and not, you know, Plugging your ears and yeah, welcome you over there to to listen to more. We always have some fun, uh, but this is this was great today, guys. This is a blast and got me thinking about stuff I haven't in a while, and also got me thinking about stuff I think about every day. But love talking about all this this great beer stuff and kind of what's happening next. It is kind of the the question. If only there was a beer crystal ball. I think maybe we're working on that. I don't know.
0: Ooh, I think yeah. I think Elon Musk might have been bringing that up to the space station.
2: So that's right. Yeah, he or took they're it working with him. on it up there. That's right. Brewed in space. Ooh, space, space beer. Oh, space beer. sure, sure. Yeah, yes, space sure.
1: ice cream. Now we <laughs>
0: it's have only space a matter beer. of
2: time. I think Tom like Cruise space. will make it. Yeah, Tom Cruise will make it.
0: It's awesome. Well, again, thank you guys. It was great chatting yeah. with you. I had a lot of fun. Good luck with the the virtual beer festival.
2: Yeah, we'll be awesome. looking
3: out for it. Can't wait to hear about it. Thanks so much for having us on the show, guys. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Take care.
0: Hope you guys enjoyed that. If you want more information and and links to getting both John and Harrison, be friends with them on Untapped, we'll have the links for you in the show notes at SkiBumPodcast.com. Under the ropes.
1: Mario, kick us off. All right. So... If you were thinking that, you know, everything was shut down during the corona lockdown, Germany is keeping shit alive because they have a drive-in disco. Um, they have a video of it, and it's pretty interesting. So the beat drops, and everybody honks their horns and flashes their lights. And uh, it's almost, it almost reminds me of like a drive-in because they have like a stage and they have everybody hanging out in their cars. Imagine people dancing in the cars and shit like that. So they said last month, the world's first drive in disco opened outside a club in Schutthof, Germany, where nightlife lovers drive in the parking lot outside one of the country's index, one of the country's largest nightclubs and watch DJs take stage. So they have a nice stage set up and this is, essentially it's the parking lot of the giant club. So it's pretty cool. Like the club looks like a hangar. It's, it's huge. And they set up a stage right there on the edge of the parking lot. And, um, it's pretty cool. So they're actually saying that clubs in Germany may not open till 2021. Um, so they have a weekly event named auto disco, and it's a closely experience for the time being to being in a club.
0: Wow. It's funny you yeah, because they say like you're not drinking, obviously, because you're driving.
1: Yeah. So that's why. is that really fun to do in your car for that long? Oh, they're all doing ecstasy, the molly, whatever the fuck they're doing. They say people can only enter the club building itself to go to the bathroom and have sex. Oh, I'm joking. Uh, and go to the bathroom. Only two people are allowed at a time. Even then, they must wear masks to comply with health codes. And club patrol the parking lot to make sure everyone is following the rules and staying in their car or maintaining distancing or whatever it's going on. I'm sure people are switching cars and whatever. Um, so it's pretty interesting. They actually have in the in this article, they say some cars ride up equipped with their rave gear like lights. And this one girl, Anna, a driving instructor tricked out her teaching car with confetti glow sticks and Christmas lights. It's a parking lot club. It has room for 250 cars. The night's cost is about $35 per car for one passenger and one driver. Each additional passenger pays about $15. They start at 9 p.m. while the sky is still light and is over by midnight, not to annoy neighbors. Look at that. It's like thoughtful clubbing. That's kind of cool. Like, you like, hey, do you want to go out on, you know, if you're going out on a date or you have date night, let's go in the car. Like, shit's going down in the car. Just saying. And we have one final story here under the ropes.
0: <laughs> this one, that, the headline for this cracked me up Never Meet Your Heroes. Holy After meeting shit. Satan during a medically induced coma, a death metal drummer confirms Satan is not actually that cool. Not cool. So being a drummer for thrash metal legends, death angel, Will Carroll was used to crowds cheering at a show, but inside the California medical center on March 30th, the Bay area rocker received a standing ovation just for opening his eyes. Carroll stayed comatose in intensive care for nearly two weeks, mostly in critical condition. He was the worst of four patients who were in critical condition because of COVID-19 said Dr. George horn, a plumatologist. Carol's heart failure during the first few days because the medication needed to keep him on a ventilator was so taxing on his body. While in the coma, Carol said he had dreams of visiting the afterlife. He saw himself leave his body and plummet down to hell where Satan, a woman in this case, punished him for the deadly sin of sloth morphing him into a Jabba the Hot Leg monster who vomited blood until he had a heart attack. I woke up on the hospital bed with tubes coming in and out of me and there was a nurse right there. And my first words were, Am I still in hell? Carol said. She ignored me. I'm still going to listen to satanic metal and I still love... D aside and bands like that. Carol said, as far as my personal life and my experience of what I went through, I don't think Satan is quite as cool as I used to.
1: <laughs>
0: like that's just fucking funny, man. That's hilarious. Never
1: meet your heroes, kids. That's what it yes. all comes down to. So on the bottom of that article, they actually say he now plans on living a healthier life without, without hard alcohol or bong rips, though he'll still drink Alcohol and occasional hard cider, and ma- now and his marijuana used to edibles. Oh, okay. So we got all that going, and he adopted a belief in a higher power and feels prayers from his family and friends helped him pull through. So COVID nineteen actually helped this guy. I don't know, man. I reevaluate I just want to Death Angel. I want to see what clicked on Death Angel the band website. I think I just yeah. got flagged on every fucking like alert watch <laughs> it's such a
0: weird kind of music you know it's just you don't see a whole lot of black dudes listening to death metal
1: i don't it is musical though like i i get the musicality behind it it's just i get the anger i get weird. the you know
0: like the intensity i get that yeah but it's like it's never like like there's never any dudes that any chicks are like oh yeah I'm super hot and my boyfriend is in a death metal band. Yeah, it just all, never happens. The guys are just kind of weird looking. It's just kind of like, yeah, it's weird, fat, bearded white guys. You know? They still get chicks.
1: You're on stage, mm. you're getting chicks. You're getting, you're getting chicks, but death metal guys. Chicks, but you're still getting them. It's true.
0: It's it's, I mean, and according to this guy, the Satan, you know, Satan is a female, which Yeah. right. Take that for however you want But that's what this guy He went down for us He went to hell Checked things out Had a report And came back to us Wasn't that like Event Horizon That movie It did not the ship The ship went into hell
1: Yeah So if you die and were born Are you The Antichrist now? He's a Satan guy He saw the devil didn't see God That's true I don't know It's a little scary I don't know my Bible well enough to know what's what. So we'll do some research for next week. All I know is that guy comes near me, stranger danger. Seriously. So yeah. you're labeled stranger danger. That's for sure.
0: So. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up the podcast for the week. Thank you so much to John and Harrison from Untapped for joining us and having a great conversation. Check them out on the untapped app and you can be friends with them as well as us. We are on the untapped app. Ski bone podcast. Check us out. at SkiBumPodcast.com. We're on all your favorite socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at ski Bum podcast. For your favorite podcasting app, subscribe, rate us. We'd really appreciate it. If you want to send us an email, ski podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk
1: to you next copy week. copy Death Angel's latest hits. Send us an email.
0: Why the hell not? That's right. See ya.